All right, today we are beginning a new sermon series uh, called His Mission, Our Purpose. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, uh, this is all about making disciples. What is Jesus' mission? That we go out and make more followers of Jesus. He gave us the, the marching orders in Matthew chapter 28 when He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And the way that churches carry out that mission can look differently. Uh, it depends on where they're at, what they're doing, the context of their church. So today, we begin this sermon series, and it's going to be all about how we at peace want to make disciples, and how we're going to carry out that mission. And today, as I mentioned, we are looking at worship. And so before we begin, and we get into it, I want you to think, and you can either write it on your worship folder, or you can just think of it in your head, why do I come to worship? Why do I come to worship? I'm not going to ask you to share, so you can just think to yourself. Do you come to worship because you think to yourself, it's good for my kids to be raised in church? It's good for my kids to be in church. I want them to be raised in the church. Do you come to worship uh, only when you feel like you need it? I can make it through the month on my own, uh, a month, maybe six weeks, uh, but, but then after that I'm starting to feel kind of weak. I need to get to church and be built up. <coughs> do I come to worship? Do you come to worship? Uh, because you think that's what good Christians do. Do you come to worship uh, because you view it as punching the time clock, so to speak? Uh, I come and I sit in worship. Uh, it doesn't matter if I pay attention. It doesn't matter if I fall asleep. As long as I am in the chair and then I leave after the service is over, I've punched the clock and I'm good for another week. Why is it that you come to worship? The first thing we want to talk about is that worship is all about God. God gives and He gives and He gives more and more and more. And worship is our response to that truth. That God continues to give more and more to us. He continues to give us His love. He continues to give us His forgiveness. More and more. And we want to come to worship to be filled with that and to give praise to Him for everything He does for us. Last week I was at a, another pastor's house in Round Rock and they were talking about how uh, their son Jack was going to have a baseball game yesterday. So they said, you know, next weekend Jack has a baseball game. And they had a family friend there uh, named Ryan. And Ryan loves baseball. And he said, oh, what time's the game? And they said, it's at 3 o'clock. And Ryan said, oh, I'm going to have to miss it. LSU is playing, and I don't miss an LSU game. And so I started talking with him, and uh, it, just from talking with him for about 10 minutes about LSU football, you could tell he was invested. You could tell that he was passionate. You can tell that he loved the LSU Tigers. Right? Oh, man, for a second there I said it, and I was like, wow, everyone's, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> the LSU Tigers. <laughs> you, you can tell he was invested. 
so much invested that he said missing a game was not an option. It was a non-negotiable for him. He is watching the game because they're only on once a week. Here's the thing. The LSU Tigers don't love him back. The LSU Tigers have no passion for Ryan. The LSU Tigers have no idea that Ryan even exists. It's a passion and love that only comes from Ryan to the team. We have a God that is passionate for us. We have a God who loves us more than we love Him. Is it possible to have that same mentality Ryan had for the LSU Tigers, for God and for worship? The obvious answer is yes. But how? That's what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully, by the end, you're going to be able to see why worship is our number one step in the discipleship process. Today we are in Psalm chapter 100. If you're not familiar with the Psalms or you're new to the the Bible, Psalms are a big chunk in the Old Testament. uh, A huge chunk. And what they are, they're songs and prayers of the Old Testament people that they used in worship. In Psalm chapter 100, we are looking at a psalm of praise. And here's your first point for the day. For the day. Here's what we're going to talk about right away. We worship with joy because we get to worship. We worship with joy because we get to worship. Here's what Psalm 101 and 2 says. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. That kind of just rolls off our tongue and we think, yeah, uh, we come to worship joyful and and, and filled with gladness. Uh, No big deal, right? This is a huge deal. We have absolutely no business coming before the Lord with gladness and coming before Him with joyful songs. Why? Because God is holy and perfect and we are sinners. We should not be coming before the Lord with any gladness whatsoever. We should be coming terrified. Here's how I picture it. I'm sure all of you recognize that as the Wizard of Oz, right? Dorothy, Scarecrow, Lion, and Tin Man, uh, they are traveling to Oz because they, they hear there's a great and powerful wizard there who grants wishes. They finally get to Oz. They stand before the wizard, and it's just this big head. And the wizard says, I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? Their reaction. They're terrified. They're absolutely shaking. And because they don't answer, fire shoots up from the ground, and Oz says, Who are you? That should be our reaction when we come before God. Absolutely terrified. Because we are sinners. Martin Luther, in the 1500s, the church reformer said, A sinner cannot stand in the presence of God any more than a piece of straw can stand in the presence of fire. Isn't that true? We should not be standing before God and yet... In this psalm, it says, Come before God with a joyful song. And what's even more incredible about that is the Old Testament people, they understood this. 
They understood this concept. And it was all based around their temple. Uh, here's like the blueprint of uh, their temple. And so you've got the steps to come up into the temple. You've got the outer inner court. You've got the holy place. And you've got the holy of holies. When someone from the community wanted to come and worship God, they came into this upper inner court. This is all they were allowed to go in. And when they came, they had to bring a lamb or a goat. Why? Because God said, you are sinful. You are a sinner. I am holy and perfect. And if you want to come into my presence, your sins need to be dealt with. And it's either your blood or the blood of a substitute. And so they would bring a lamb, they would put their hands on the lamb's head, put all their sins, and confess all their sins, transferring them onto this lamb, and then slaughter it. And God said, now that your sins are dealt with, you can come stand in my presence. The holy place right here, this was only for the priests. And it's not like they just came and went as they wanted to. Uh, they came in a, a couple times a day to make sure that the altar of incense was still lit. This, the altar of incense was lit 24 hours. Uh, but before they could go in, what did they have to do? Sacrifice a lamb. And then the Holy of Holies. This is where God said He dwelt. Right in here. Uh, and a high priest, only the high priest, would go in there once a year. And he would go in, of course, after sacrificing a lamb, and he would bring the blood in there, and he would, sprinkle, he would sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant, which was this big chest with the commandments and uh, a few other things in there. And he would sp- sprinkle the blood on there first for his own sin, and then for the sins of the nation. Once a year. And God said, now you and the people can stand in my presence. Part of the reason we are apathetic to worship, part of the reason we're tempted to be apathetic to worship, is because we don't fully understand what a privilege it is to stand in the presence of God and not be terrified. We don't fully understand that we get to worship. We don't. But maybe after hearing all this, you're thinking to yourself, why would I even want to worship God if I'm supposed to be terrified of Him? And it's a good question. Let's look at verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. And we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Do you see this uh, Lord in all capital letters right here? The Lord, in all capital letters, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see it again and again and again. Uh, This is representing the Hebrew word Adonai. uh, And that is the Hebrew word that God uses for Himself when He's referring to Himself as the covenant Lord. A, A covenant or a contract is generally between two people. You hold up your end of the bargain, I hold up my end, and the contract is complete. But when the Lord, in all capital letters, made a covenant with us, it was a one-sided covenant. He said, I'm going to do something for you. And you don't have to do anything. And what is that thing that he did? 
He said, I'm going to make it possible for you to stand in my presence and not be terrified. I'm going to make it possible for you to stand before me and not be burnt up like a piece of straw. I'm going to make it possible so that you and I can have a relationship and we can walk together. And how do you do that? Well, He sent Jesus Christ, His only Son. Just like the Old Testament people had to either shed their own blood or shed the blood of a lamb, and they needed a substitute, we need a substitute for our sins. And so Jesus, the Lamb of God, came into the world and He shed His blood for you and me. And when He shed His blood on the cross, it washed away all of our sins, took them completely away, past, present, future sins, gone. And God says, come into my presence. You are now clean. Your sins have been dealt with. You can now stand before me and not be terrified. You can come and not be burnt up. We can have a relationship. You see, we, we now come before God and we don't have that relationship with Him like, Wizard of Oz, like the Wizard of Oz, like Dorothy and Oz, terrified. We don't have that relationship with God anymore. Now, our relationship with God is one of a child and uh, his father. child runs up, climbs up into his dad's lap, and what's the dad do? Wraps his arms around him and smiles at him. That is your relationship with God because of Jesus. And because Jesus rose from the dead, this relationship will never end. Uh, That's what's so key about Easter. When Jesus rose, if He didn't rise from the dead, this relationship with God that you have would have ended when you died. You would have ceased to exist. But because Jesus rose, we are going to rise one day and we are going to live with God forever. Bodily. In a glorified body. And you are going to walk with Him. You are going to talk with Him. And you're going to have the father-child relationship that you've always wanted. The perfect father-child relationship as he smiles down on you. And that's what we celebrate in worship. Every time we have a baptism, every time we have a baptism, when you are baptized, when children are baptized in worship, it is God saying, this one is my people. This is my child. I've washed them clean. They are mine. Do you see how amazing worship is? We get to come before God and praise Him and worship Him. Are you seeing why this is the first step in the discipleship process? This is what we get to do every Sunday. Come and praise our loving God. We get to worship. It is a privilege But we also worship with thanksgiving because of all He does for us. Verse 4 says this, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Everything that we have in life, God gives us. Everything we have comes from God. Our ability to work comes from God. Our ability to make money comes from God. So everything that we have comes from Him. Now I want you to imagine something uh, that might be a little scary. 
What if God only gave us the things that we give thanks for? As soon as we stop giving thanks, He takes it away. What would we be without? Our home? Our family? Our cars? Our our job? Our careers? Forgiveness? Life and salvation? You see, we come to worship every Sunday to thank God. To thank Him for everything He does for us. Because even though we may forget to give thanks, God never forgets to keep giving. God never forgets to keep offering us His love and forgiveness. God doesn't forget to keep offering us life and salvation. He continues to give to us. And we come to thank Him for it all. Finally, our third point today. We worship with praise because of God's faithfulness. We worship with praise because of God's faithfulness. To praise means to bless, to, give, to kneel down in honor, to speak well of someone. And that's what we do in worship, isn't it? We come and we bow down before the Lord and we praise His name and speak well of Him for His love and faithfulness. Here's what Psalm 105, uh, 100 verse 5 says. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. When we come to worship, this is what we get built up in. This is what we get told every Sunday, that God is love, that He is faithful, and we come to praise Him for that. Because what do we do? What do we do when we get burdened with life and overwhelmed, stressed, filled with anxiety? We look all sorts of places except for God, right? We think, man, if only I work harder to try to manage my schedule a little better, all of this overwhelming and and stress and anxiety will go away. That's what I struggle with. We think, man, if if I just take the time to sleep in on Sunday, I'll be recouped for the week. Uh, We think if we get peace and quiet on Sunday mornings, uh, we won't uh, be overwhelmed from everything that happened the past week. But guess what? No matter how good we are at time management, no matter uh, how much we sleep on our pillow, no matter how much quiet time we have, None of that can deal with our problems. None of it helps us with our burdens or anxiety. There's only one person, and it's Jesus. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus says. And why do we come and worship Him? Because even as we sinfully look everywhere else, He remains faithful. And in His love, He continues to reach out to us again and again and again. And says, come to Me. Come. Worship Me. Be filled with strength. Be filled with My love.
This is why we come to worship. To praise our God who is loving and faithful. This is why it's the first step in our discipleship process. Because when we come to worship, what happens? What do we get to do? We get to be filled with His love. We get to hear that we're forgiven. We get to hear that we get to worship and stand before God because we have been washed clean. Forgiven. We get to see that and hear that every Sunday. And it is a privilege. I'd like to finish up today by considering this. Today, I don't know if you're aware, but it's a pretty big day. It's the start of the NFL football season. I I guess technically Thursday was, but uh, today is like everyone is playing. Uh, So it's a pretty big day. Now, I went to college in New Ulm, Minnesota. And there were more Packer fans than any other team there. And I, if there's one thing that Packer fans do, it is cheer. I will never forget one Sunday, I'm sitting in my room doing what all good college students do, play video games. And <laughs> as I'm playing video games, all of a sudden this loud cheer from down the hall, it, it, I mean, it was, I could hear it from my room with my door closed. So what did I do? Thinking it's some amazing play. I run down there to see what's going on. I said, guys, what, what happened? Oh, Aaron Rodgers avoided a sack and, and threw for a first down. And I'm like, that's it? You guys are acting like you just won the Super Bowl and it's just that you got a first down? That's how we come to worship every Sunday. When we come to worship and there's a baptism, we praise God and we have that kind of excitement and joy that another soul has been stolen out of the hands of Satan and into God's family. We worship with that kind of excitement and joy every time we get to confess our sins and be filled with God's forgiveness. We get to have that kind of excitement as we sing with joy and sing praises to God for what He's done for us. We get to come with that excitement as we receive the Lord's Supper and be built up in forgiveness through Jesus' body and blood. What a tremendous privilege we have to come and celebrate God's love for us. That's why it's the first step in our discipleship process. That's why we want everyone to come and worship. That's why we want to make it a non-negotiable on our schedule. I am coming to worship because I'm too excited to miss out on God's forgiveness this week. There's no better way to start a week and a lifelong journey with our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise and thank You that You have given us the great privilege of coming and standing before You and worshiping You. We thank You that You have forgiven us all of our sins. We thank You that You have washed us clean and that You have worked faith in our hearts. We ask You to help us to be motivated, to be excited and filled with joy to make worship a non-negotiable because we can't get enough of Your love and forgiveness. Amen.